0: It's almost like as a therapist, when I'm listening to people, I hear lots and lots of negativity and hardship, but I wouldn't be a good therapist if I then became the client, Mm. so to Mm -hmm. speak, with their emotions. So yes, be supportive, but you don't have to join the person.
1: This week, what are appropriate social responses when you find out your very good friends are getting divorced? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in. Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchmag.com, click on the wine club link and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchmag.com and click the wine club link. Cheers. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor in chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the talented, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, it's Steve. It is great having you on. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find it at our website, hitchmag.com. So we got a, a very complicated topic today, Karen. Um and I, I know you're a little uneasy about it because there are no easy answers, um, and it is so subjective based on circumstances, but we're going to give this thing a crack and we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> we today are going to talk about the etiquette of divorced friends. Um, th- we could really do several podcasts on this because there are so many variables that go into the situation, but I do want to focus on just a couple scenarios and hopefully we can offer some sort of answer or clarity or at least lead people in the right direction on some of this stuff. Um, there are, for example, a lot of obvious ways and reasons that a divorce transpires. Some divorces are amicable and some are not so much. And so the first thing that I wanted to ask Karen is, do you have any basic rules when dealing with friends? Um, when they divorce,
0: I, yeah. I, I think the only rule, and I don't even know if I'd call it a rule, is to just try to be supportive um, and to, you know, offer um, whatever help you can give in whatever way that you can uh, while they're going through it, because it is a very, very difficult situation on uh, each of the parties. And if there are children involved, certainly, um, you know, with regard to the children. So, um, if you, you know, as you said, know them both and like both of them, um, then what you want to do is be supportive. And I guess the other basic rule is that you would not want to get into some kind of a judgment situation, Mm -hmm. uh, but... At the same time, still be validating. So if one person says, you know, he is or she is and, you know, goes through a litany of things that are really upsetting them, you could say something like, I understand, you know, that that's how you feel. Um, You wouldn't argue it. You wouldn't say that's not really true. Um, I certainly in the early stages, wouldn't say, well, you know, have you considered his point of view or her point of view? You would just be validating and saying, you know, I really understand that this is something that feels terrible for you or that, you know, you know, that this is something that feels really awful to you. So again, it's, it's pure validation, but it's not where um, you're making any kind of statement that is really negative towards the other person. And and you don't certainly want to be in a position where now they use what you're saying against mm-hmm. you and say, go back to their partner and say, well, you know, I was speaking to Joe and Joe agrees with me and mm-hmm. says you should have done blah, 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 you know, etc. So you want to try to stay as neutral as possible. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's great advice. So
1: validate and try not to be judgmental Yeah, (laughs) and don't take sides. Okay. Um, now if you have, and, and I'm not going to go through a whole litany of examples, but I do wanted to, I did want to throw out like one or two. So if you were to have a party, for example, Mm -hmm. um, or some sort of get together and these friends would typically be included, they would be Mm -hmm. invited, um, Do you have any recommendations on how you would handle that situation?
0: That's a tough one, you know, and it's going to depend on the people and it's going to depend on, um, what the circumstances are as far as their relationship. Um, so, you know, if it was by chance, uh, an amicable situation, then you could go to each of them and say, we're having this get-together, and this is something you typically would be invited to. Um, how do you feel about coming, and how do you feel about, you know, that we're going to ask, you know, your soon-to-be ex? Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? It's going to be a large group of people. You know, you'd probably get sort of, you know, lost, so to speak, in the sauce. How do you feel about it? And I'd ask both of them. Um But if it's a smaller group, that might be very uncomfortable. And maybe what you do is go to them and say, look, you know, we're having our annual 4th of July barbecue. It's the usual five couples. And I didn't want to exclude you from it. But I think you know, given what's going on right now, it might be too uncomfortable, but I wanted to let you know what my thinking was. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm not thinking about you and not caring about you, but I just think given where things are right now, it would be too uncomfortable um, to, you know, invite you. And if they say, well, why can't I come and not, you know, my my Mm -hmm. spouse, you'd have to say, well, you know, because... How are we to really pick one of you over the other? And so we're saying the exact same thing, you know, to your partner or your Mm -hmm. Um, ex-partner.
1: Would another way of going about that be to, instead of not inviting them, but give them the option or opportunity to say, if you didn't want to come, I understand?
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could. Now, of course, again... You might have to make an assessment about how they've been handling themselves. And if you know that they're very hostile and that they're not able to manage in public, you might have to just decide that you're just not comfortable taking that chance. So, you know, it's, it's a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, you know, what you're suggesting makes sense also that you could go to them and, and say, you know, how do you feel about coming? But yeah. again, you'd have to ask each one mm-hmm. um, and and if they said, "You know, "Well, is you know he coming or she coming?" you'd have to say, "Yes, we've given each of you that opportunity to come,
1: yeah, okay." And now I'm going to complicate things a little bit because we've been talking for uh, about amicable separations. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is obviously the scenario where somebody is at fault, quote unquote, for the divorce. And and the easiest thing to come up with is to suggest that one of the partners has cheated on the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, now we could get into, you know, sometimes cheating, the, the cheating spouse, there was a lot of other issues going on and that was the mm-hmm. straw and all that stuff. So, but mm-hmm. we're not going to get into that. But okay. that person is obviously going to be a villain in the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, does that person automatically get excluded from the friend's activities or does that change the calculus? I mean, would you still invite them knowing
0: that they had betrayed your other friend? Well, if we're going on the premise that you st- – still like both of them then no but you see once you've said that one of them now has become the villain then that precludes that you still like both of them equally mm-hmm. so if you don't like both of them equally then yes you would exclude that person yeah okay. you know because you you feel like they've done the person wrong, they've done the marriage wrong, and you don't feel comfortable inviting them. And, you know, let's say your mate still likes the other person. Hmm. Maybe your mate has to go to them and say, look, you know, um, for right now, um, I just think it's better you know, my my wife has decided that she's just not comfortable having you there at the same time, and we just have to sort of allow some time to um, pass, so we're not, you know, we're not inviting you.
1: Yeah, okay. And cause you, like we said this at the very top, this is really convoluted and so many different variables, but you could absolutely see a scenario where the, let's just say in a heterosexual relationship, the guys got together and you know, the, the cheating, let's just say the cheating man, um, what for, let's say years was complaining about his wife, not mm-hmm. up to their end of the bargain. And he eventually cheated. Right. And, but the, the, your, your spouse is talking to the cheated, the, the wife who is cheated on, and she, right. uh, is, uh, you know, aggrieved and all that other stuff, obviously so. Um, and so your wife is clearly upset with the guy, but you've been hearing mm-hmm. the complaints and everything. So you could see how it's not just black and white. And that's not to absolve somebody of their own actions and the responsibilities of, you know, what they have done um, but you also know that there is more blame to go around. Um, and again, making this a little more complicated than just this person cheated and, you know, they're the bad one. And, and that may very well be how a lot of people feel. And I totally understand that. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess what your point was early on, it's, there are no easy answers in this scenario, but yeah. go, go ahead.
0: Well, the only thing I was going to say is that, okay, so let's, let's go with the scene that you just painted. Yeah. So the person comes, let's say, let's Mm -hmm. do it the other way. Okay. It's not just the um, difficulty between the person who cheated and the wife who's been cheated on, but there's the energy in the room, Mm. um, you know, that Let's say the the, um, the guy who cheated and his buddy who's been listening to him for a year, knowing that things have not been good in the marriage. So he it convinces his wife, no, no, you know, it, it really uh, is a problem and, and um, he should be invited. And she says, OK, fine. But then he comes and there's an uncomfortable energy in the room between the host, the female host and this guy. And not only that, but, you know, some of the neighbors know about this situation also. True. And so now there's negative energy there too. So now there's this uncomfortable feeling at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that becomes huh. disruptive to the whole festive, you know, kind of situation that you're trying to create at a party. So for the sake of the, uh, the majority, you it would be better if he didn't come.
1: That is such a great observation because you're right. It would be the elephant in the room and it would suck yeah. the life out of the party. Yeah. It just yep. by having that presence. Yes. That is a really <laughs> great point. Yeah. Um One of the things that we know is that time is a, an amazing healer. Mm-hmm. D- you know, do you think, or know of a, any, you know, and I know there's variables to this, but is there a certain amount of time um, when you feel like you could re uh, ingratiate both uh, friends into gatherings and things like it's been enough time that, you know, usually even somebody who has been cheated on and let's just call them reasonable adults, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, we know some people will go to their grave and never forgive, but right. Um, you know, let's say they have moved on. Let's say they might have even found a new relationship. Like, what is there? Are there markers or time frames that you think would be? You know, we could probably get them both back into the circle
0: of friends. I think probably that would be by asking uh, the two parties: Are you starting to feel like you'd be comfortable enough? You know, being in the same um, environment, the same situation with each other? Mm. Or do you still feel it's too raw, that it would still be too uncomfortable for you? Um, I would say my my own sense is it's got to be a minimum of six months to a year. Mm. Okay. Um, but after that, I would again go to each of the parties and say, you know, um, we would love to have you you know, back in on our festivities and activities, but we certainly don't want to do anything that's going to make you uncomfortable. Are you ready to, you know, come back in and feel okay with that?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you know, <laughs> you know what I love about this advice that you're giving, which uh, it hit me on this most recent answer you have simplified the process. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is sometimes we overcomplicate the issue and you've simplified the process by essentially going to the parties involved and just asking them how they feel about these things, Mm. which is something that, yeah, because I, it seems obvious when you hear it. Um, but I feel like when you think about it in a, a broader context, it's not so obvious. You don't think, well, why don't we just ask them how they would feel about it? <laughs> but it happens in marriage all the time where we guess at how our spouse is going to react mm-hmm. or feel about something as opposed to just asking them. And it's the exact uh-huh. same thing with this situation. And I love it. It's so <laughs> it's so simple and it's such an easy thing that I feel like people can absorb and apply not just to this kind of a scenario, but as I mentioned, just to their own relationship as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you're absolutely right. A lot of times I find myself in the therapy... Situation, um, you know, working with one of the people, let's say, and they're clueless about something. And I said, "Well, how do you think you could find out how your mate feels about this?" And oh, oh, oh. I said, "Have you considered asking?" Um, oh. <laughs> you know, dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes it's like it's it's Occam's razor, right? Like the simplest solution is typically the right one, and it's uh, it's so obvious. But I. F- be I I feel like sometimes because we get our emotions involved it clouds our judgment and our oh sure. uh, just <laughs> our ability to just rationally think something through. so that's great. Um, yeah. okay, so then one final question for you. We know through uh, various studies that when you are around a group of friends who have gotten divorced, you yourself are more likely to get divorced. And there are a lot of reasons for this. For just one example, when you hang out with friends who have gotten divorced, all they do is complain about their spouses right. or exes, mm-hmm. and therefore it gives you permission to complain about your spouse, and Correct. then which makes... difficult for you to go home and then feel good about this person you've been complaining about for the last two hours over cocktails. So this is called the divorce contagion. Do you have any tips on preventing or avoiding some of this divorce contagion?
0: Well, I think a podcast such as this, that lets people know that there is this phenomena of divorce contagion is a very good start. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you can fall prey to it merely by hanging around and absorbing the negative energy of people who are in this situation. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And we know that whatever it is we focus on grows. So, there is no marriage where there is Uh, is foolproof positivity and running through daisy fields and everything being great. There is also going to be hardships, challenges, difficulties, and things that have to be worked on. And it's very important to be able, excuse the cliche, to see the forest for the trees. In other words, that, yeah, there are days There could be even weeks where you're not thrilled with your partner, but step back and look at the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And so um, at times when you're not so happy, take a different perspective. And if you're hanging out, trying to be supportive of your divorced friend or friends, remember to take that different perspective that they are in the muck of being miserable and unhappy, and all of the negativity, but you don't have to jump in there with them. Um, and that um, understanding and awareness will allow you to um, be a little bit more objective. Try instead to look at what's positive in your relationship to focus on some of the smaller things that you appreciate in your relationship and to um, put your lens, so to speak, on focusing on the things that are good in your relationship. Um, You know, it's one thing to be supportive. It's another to um, become so enmeshed in it that you then end up taking it on. It's almost like, as a therapist, when I'm listening to people, I hear lots and lots of negativity and hardship, but I wouldn't be a good therapist if I then became the mm-hmm. client, so to mm-hmm. speak, with their emotions. So yes, be supportive, but you don't have to join the person.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I think, uh, I love the, you know, as, as a therapist, you um, you are aware of the emotions that people are bringing into your, uh, practice and the point you made with, by listening to this podcast and becoming aware of divorce contagion, you become aware of the emotions that are going to be present in the environment that you put yourself in. Mm -hmm. Therefore you're able to prepare and arm yourself with that kind of knowledge. So I think it's great. Yeah.
0: Yep. Hopefully.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I uh, I think we did a pretty good job, um, and I think we we can wrap this one up unless you had anything to add
0: no i i'm pleased that we were able to be uh as helpful as we were i was a little concerned about this particular topic i know you
1: you were i know you were no this was this was great uh there was a lot of great information here so with that uh we will wrap it up but uh, before you guys go uh first i want to thank you for um for those of you who have signed up for the newsletter really appreciated it uh it's, uh, as I mentioned every week, it is the best, easiest way to get our information delivered to you. It's free. You can go to our website, hitchmag.com, and sign up. It takes about 30 seconds. Um, and if you haven't already, visit uh, Karen's website, drkarensherman.com where you will find information about her, her practice, and of course, the books that we mention every week, Uh, Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and the book she co-authored, Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, And of course, uh, you can also access thousands of articles on our website, hitchmag.com, as well as uh, all the podcast archives. Uh, So check it out. And if you have any questions or uh, want to make a comment, You can reach out through email or hit us up on social media. Uh, We are on all the big platforms, so check us out there too. And with that, that is going to do it. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Karen. And thank you, Steve. Uh, That is going to do it. Take care, everybody.